Lesson one, basic hip. Welcome to the Jazz Session. I'm Jason Crane. The Jazz Session is sponsored by Matt Rock, Murat Verdi, and Nicholas Payton. This is episode 336. Thanks to the Respect Sextet for the theme music to this show. They're online at respectsextet.com. Thanks also to Dave Rabel, who designed the show's logo. He's online at twitter.com slash Dave Rabel, V-R-A-B-E-L. Thanks to All About Jazz for carrying this program. They've also got a widget that you can install on your website. You can find it by going to allaboutjazz.com and typing Jazz Session Widget into the search box. If you put it on your website, let me know because I will mention you in my newsletter. This show is member-supported. It's free to listen to and always will be, but if you want to help keep the show going, please do become a member. It's very simple to do. Just go to thejazzsession.com slash join, and for as little as 10 bucks a month, you can become a member of The Jazz Session. You can also pay in yearly sums if you like. By the way, if you join at the middle or upper level right now, the next two people who do that will get a copy of Anthony Wilson's DVD CD set, Seasons, which is really fantastic. So that's at the middle or upper membership levels, either monthly or yearly. Just want to make a note that I gave a small presentation at a Jazz Times conference that happened uh, just this past week, if you're listening to this in real time in January of 2012, and you will find uh, both the audio and partial video from that talk at thejazzsession.com if you're interested. It's a just a brief 10-minute talk about podcasting and about telling your story and why I think it's important that artists do that. My guest today really needs very little introduction. He's Jack DeJeanette. He's played with everybody from Charles Lloyd to Miles Davis to Keith Jarrett's Standards Trio and, of course, uh, Directions and New Directions and Special Edition, all his own bands. And he's got a, a band now, and then he's got this special project for his new album called Sound Travels, which we're going to hear from in this interview if you're listening to this on January 9th, 2012, then tomorrow Jack is being named one of the 2012 NEA Jazz Masters, which is the highest honor awarded to jazz musicians in the United States. And he is also going to be one of the headliners at Newport this summer, where he'll be leading three different bands, and you'll hear details about that coming up in this interview. First, though... We'll hear the first track from Sound Travels, and as you'll hear right at the beginning of the interview, uh, this first track sounds like it sounds and does not really sound like the second track or the third track or the fourth track or the fifth track. It's an album of wildly varying styles, uh, all held together by Jack's drumming and writing. And I think you'll enjoy it. So here's the very first track from Jack DeJeanette's new album, Sound Travels. Thank you. 
My guest is Jack DeJanette. It's such a pleasure to speak with you. Thanks for being on the show. Oh, yeah. My pleasure to be here. So uh, as people are listening to this, it is – oh, I should mention, too, that we're in the Blue Note, and so people might hear behind us uh, the tuning of the piano right. or people setting up just in case they're wondering about the no- the, uh, the noise. Um, as we're listening to this, it's – or uh, people are listening to this, it's the 9th of January, which is a few days from now as we're recording, and tomorrow you'll be named an NEA Jazz Master. You've also got a new record out called Sound Travels uh, and some pretty exciting stuff at Newport, and I thought maybe if it's okay, we could start with the album. Um, yeah. This is one of those albums, the first time I listened to it, it starts with this beautiful bell and a very meditative piano piece. And I thought, oh, this I like this side of Jack Dijon, and I always have. And then the second tune is this really killing, very great salsa tune. And I thought, oh, okay, then there's this side of Jack Dijon also. And then the third tune is this great, like, swamp funk, <laughs> Levon Helm style tune with Bruce Hornsby singing. I thought, okay. I give up, Jack. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what side there is, but I'm into all of them. Can you talk a little bit about this album and the incredible breadth of music on it? It's it's amazing. The ideas for this came from my my wife and business partner Lydia, and uh, you know she was saying we need to do something you know special for your 70th year. You know, and uh, we were good friends with Chuck. Uh, <clears throat> Chuck Mitchell from E1. We've known him for many years. And, uh, you know, Chuck has said, you know, you know, we also had started our own label, Golden Beams, some six, seven years ago. And, uh, Chuck was interested. He's always been interested in what I was doing. And we've known him for over 40 years, uh, when he was a DJ at, uh, Princeton University. And I had the, the cooperative group Compost. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, we had a meeting with Chuck and, you know, told him, you know, what was happening. Uh, I had also gotten noticed that, you know, I had the National Endowment of the Arts Jazz Masters Award, which is the highest award a jazz musician receives uh, for the NEA. And... Uh, is my 70th year, and, you know, uh, we wanted to do something special, a special project, you know. Uh, I have my group, which, you know, we'll, we'll be doing some special things with that. I mean, uh, we'll get back to that later. But um, so we um, talked about the project and, uh, you know, uh, what did I want to do? And uh, Chuck said, Whatever it is you, you're doing, I want to hear you play some piano on it. So I, you know, he had, the question came up, who do you want to produce the record? And uh, I, uh, my first thing that came up for me was, um, um, Bob Satan, who's an amazing producer, uh, of lots of different genres of music. And I worked with him on Sting's album. Uh, came in for a track and then uh, Herbie Hancock's uh, album uh, and uh, you know w- you know that's who I felt it was necessary and uh, so the concept for what I wanted to do uh, uh, for this was um, there's a quote from Miles Davis in his autobiography about the grooves by the way I play grooves you know where he says Jack just Jack played grooves that you just love to play over. 
And that's true. I love to play grooves, and I love, you know, funky grooves, and I love beautiful melodies. Uh, I like funky grooves. I like Afro-Cuban grooves. Um, something that makes you move. So that was that was it. And so uh, I went to work last year. I was on tour with Keith Jarrett in, uh, in Europe, based in Nice, France, where I had a Korg M3 keyboard uh, where I could write uh, and compose the sequences, the, the tunes that I wanted to do, and the arrangements the way I wanted the musicians to hear them. And so the first... In July last year, I, I, I started writing and, um, you know, just sat down at the piano to see what, what came up, you know. And uh, also, I I also put forth the musicians I wanted to work with. And so uh, Esperanza Spaulding was one. Uh, Ambrose Akamuzir was the other. Uh, Jason Moran. Um uh, Luisito Quintero, a great uh, percussionist, and uh, Lionel Luecki. As we, uh, as I was working on the compositions, um, I started to uh, play them for Bob. Bob was getting excited, and uh, what eventually became salsa for Luisito. Um, was the first tune, and then what eventually became Sunny Light, written for Sonny Rollins, uh, was the second piece I'd written. So I got a couple of pieces written then, and then um, when I got back home in August, because the session was in August, so it was really pressed for time, I started writing some more pieces, and uh, at the time I was then writing them for the guitar and trumpet, uh, and then as time got close and we went in the studio and started recording, uh, Robert and I thought, well, I need to, we need another voice, like a saxophone. 
So um, Tim Reese came to mind, excellent saxophone composer. I made some recordings with him. He's also one of the uh, stellar uh, players with the Rolling Stones. He's been with them for years. He's with, he works with them and sings backup vocals as well. So Tim was in uh, Budapest, and it was his his birthday. Uh, he's a Leo like me, so it was his birthday, and he just so happens he was free, and uh, he flew over, you know, to uh, right over to New York and came in the studio and did a magnificent job on the recording. Now, as the recording developed, um, the compositions originally were written as instrumentals, but as we worked in the studio, uh, things like Luisito Salza started to develop, uh, Bob had an idea to bring uh, Esperanza in to uh, uh, improvise over some of the chords in the first section of Luisito's piece. And um, then after that, I had an idea to have a chant over the uh, dialogue between the drum set and the uh, percussion. Uh, and so uh, it, the piece sort of evolved organically into what it what it what it uh, became, which it moves through different things. It keeps its intensity, but it moves through different dynamic ranges. And then uh, Ambrose Akemuzer comes in blazing after the drum section, you know, and sets up you know the melody for it to go out. know the the uh, what became the dirty ground was originally uh, you know I um, uh, you know instrumental and I played the track for Bruce who liked uh, Bruce Hornsby who I had the pleasure of recording his jazz album the first jazz album called Camp Meeting with Christian McBride on the bass um, I played it, played the track for him, and I said, "Hey, by the way, Bruce, uh, you want to put some lyrics to this?" He said, "Yeah, man, that sounds great. Send it to me." And I was like totally shocked, you know. 
So I sent it down to Bob and Dave, Dave Darlington, uh, who was the engineer, sent him the, the files, and him and uh, Bruce and his engineer, Wayne Pooley, um, lived with it for a while, and Bruce was kind enough in between his busy schedule to sit down with it and put these lyrics to it. And I told Bruce, I said, you know, the idea for this is dedicated to, uh, I love the band. You Me know, too. With uh, Levon Helm. And this is something, and this reminds me of Levon and the band meets New Orleans. So I told that to Bruce, and then he came up with these lyrics for the dirt down, you know, the dirty ground. We will shout it loud, won't bow down, walk proud, give no ground. Shout it loud, walk proud, and we won't bow down on the dirty ground. Then through the cave, dirtied up water, let us stray like the lamb to the slaughter. Been down on my knees, but I'm not come begging you, please. Take what we're eating. I'm committed to my block. All my family and my friends that we're feeding. And our ways won't be washed away in the floods, rage, and despair. Lost my house, but I don't care. My heart's not as heavy as my suit or the air. That became a surprisingly amazing composition and an interesting as- aspect of it is that the dirty ground is in seven four <laughs> like all but good pop fi- tunes <laughs> well but i but it the idea behind it was to make it feel like four it yeah. does have a bridge that's that's segues smoothly into four four and it goes back to that but it just still keeps that that funky sort of levon band you know mardi grind and you know, uh, thing. And, you know, Bruce really did a great job with it, and also paid homage to the the aftermath, you know, the floods and hurricanes, you know, from after the hurricanes uh, in uh, New Orleans.
It strikes me that one thing about this record, Sound Travels, is that you're not a afraid to let songs be songs. I mean, it really is an album of songs. It's an album of beautiful melodies, even in the you know the kind of up tempo burning tunes of the salsa tunes, and it's it's pretty concise. I mean, it just it feels like a a very well crafted album of songs, which really strikes me. I mean, you've you've done almost everything in your career. But this is a facet of it that I really like. This, this yeah. Idea. Well, it's a, they say that maybe I'm moving into another area. You know, uh, I mean, I've you know I've talked about doing some projects. You know, with uh, with uh, Carlos Santana, uh, Paul Simon. Uh, you know, moving into areas of see where it will take us. You know, uh, and I've done some things with Carlos before, but. Paul Simon is another story, but I've, I've always admired his uh, his uh, willingness to take risks, you know, doing, you know, music that's accessible, but also has some substance to it. And I love the way he utilizes uh, drums and rhythm. Uh, and I got a chance to meet him and said, you know, hey, Paul, I really admire you. Your, your work as an artist and production and, uh, I'd really like to do something with you he said oh really he said uh, oh well I was afraid to ask you uh, you know <laughs> so you know the, the, you know maybe you know that'll come about one of these days but yeah this is the next phase I guess of my career you know along with writing you know you know instrumental music that I've been writing over the years I did write some some vocal things, and with my group Compost, I sang and wrote songs for that, and I sang some things on uh, an album called uh, Music for the Fifth World, uh, which, uh, you know, referred to some of my Native American, you know, heritage. So, uh, yeah, I guess you might call this another one, but I, what I wanted to do was just to write something that people could get a hold of, um, and really just enjoy, make, bring a smile to their face, and get up and move if they want, you know, and uh, enjoy the pretty melodies. And also, oh, I forgot to say, Bobby McFerrin is also right. on this, the other vocalist on this, who uh, uh, we've paired up and done improvisational uh, uh, concerts over the years, and Bobby was gracious enough to come in and sing on my uh, composition, Wonders, and... You know, it's really, really beautiful, very delicate, and playful at the same time. It, it's, it, I don't know if it's surprising to me, but I find it very heartening that as you are on the cusp of being recognized in NEA Jazz Master, which talks about someone who has an amazing body of work and could easily be just doing, you know, Jack DeJanet trademark for the rest of your life if you wanted to. You could just rest on your laurels that you're talking about oh well this is the next phase of my career what what pushes you to constantly find out what else is out there what is it that's driving you to do that it's just my love and passion for you know it's it's my love it's my passion it's my art it's what i do and it feeds me you know so and i try to feed it you know, <laughs> uh, by you know playing with uh, uh the best creative musicians i can work with uh, to we can stimulate each other, and then uh, you know it's, it's it you know keeps me alive, keeps me you know young, keep, you know and wise too at the same time. So it's uh it's uh 
it's great. You know, it's really great. Uh, I have a great, fa- lovely family and a uh, beautiful relationship with my wife. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's, you know, moving into the, you know, the, the elder statesmen is, uh, uh, I don't feel I'm going out to pasture. It's just, uh, it's, it's, and I'm working with young people too, the young people, as well as, you know, my contemporaries. It's, uh, it's stimulating. You know, I think all the elders, uh, masters, uh, always did that. They kept in touch with the younger musicians because it stimulates them. You know, they got new ideas. They bring some things to the table. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, it's like a kind of a round table of ideas that we work with. So there's something to be said from that. Do you feel, given your own history and the people that you came up with, do you feel any sense of responsibility as one of the elder statesmen to now be passing on the tradition, be passing on the stories of the things that happened to you on the road and in the studios to the next generation and the generation beyond that? Well, I've always been doing that. Sure. So it's just been a constant. I mean, people did that for me, people like Jackie McLean and Miles Davis and uh, uh, Bill Evans. you know, uh, Coltrane. Um, you know, so I in turn was always looking to see what, who's doing what. You know, there's so many more musicians now than uh, than there was when I was coming up. Now, it's just the big problem is is uh, is it's it's like I guess like everything else, like our environment is constantly changing. You know, CDs. Uh, you know, or, you know, don't sell as much as they used to. Uh, musicians have a bigger challenge now of, of how do they make a name for themselves, um, you know, uh, when they don't have a lot of money to press CDs. So now there's more uh, digital downloads. Um, you have to be an entrepreneur as well as an artist, a musician. Uh, so all these things... Um, come into play now so it's a different world so you know we have to constantly adjust speaking of the entrepreneurial spirit can you talk about why you started golden beams well look it was encouraged again by my wife lydia so that i would have an outlet to do projects that i wanted to do and that i would have to go shop at places some of the projects you know uh some labels might not be interested in so it turned out to be uh you know, uh, a blessing in a way. I mean, the first CD was not a jazz CD. It was a relaxation CD uh, uh, inspired by uh, uh, my wife, Lydia, who uh, does, you know, vibrational work, healing work uh, for her, you know, for her work. So uh, one thing led to another, and people started asking for it, and it became the first CD it was nominated for a Grammy, and then uh, I was able to do some other pursuits with uh, Fode Musa Suso, uh, the Gambian uh, griot uh, uh, choral player, and uh, that we were able to go and tour and do some tours together, and then uh, you know the list you know goes sure. on. Sure, you know. it's it sounds in in many ways like it's just given you a. An open creative space to try whatever, whatever comes into your head. Yeah, I mean, whatever makes makes sense too. Sure. To do, and you know, a lot of musicians, 
you know, either forced to do that, and in a way, it's a good thing. I mean, you know, you really didn't have to. Uh, um, you have to really think about business as well as music. Can you? Uh, we're here at the Blue Note uh, Jazz Club in New York City. Um, this is, as people are listening to this, Monday the ninth. Can you talk about what's happening uh, here at the Blue Note for your seventieth celebration? Uh, well, you know, we're uh, Sunday. Uh, I'll be playing uh, with uh, my group, the Jack Dijonet group, with uh, Rudresh Mahatha Mahatha on the uh, alto saxophone. Uh, George Colligan on the keyboards and the acoustic piano, uh, David Fusinski on the double neck electric guitar, and uh, Jerome Harris on the acoustic bass guitar and electric bass guitar. And uh, it will be uh, also uh, augmented with Luisito Quintero from the Sound Travels album and uh, Tim Rees mm. uh, is also joining us because I said actually. Uh, Tim is there to uh, place on not with the band because he's going to occasionally sub for Rudress on some gigs that I have coming up in April. Um, but also, we wanted to spotlight a couple of tracks from the Sound Travels album, and uh, uh, Ambrose Akamuzer is also going to come and play on a couple of tracks. That's great. So you know it's. It's uh, going to be a packed night, you know. A lot of people from the uh, APAP are going to be here, and uh, friends and family will be here for the NEA Awards, and uh, so it's a really uh, exciting but busy time. <laughs> yeah. Can you say something about being named a jazz master? What significance it has for you at this point in your career? Well, it's a great honor, you know. That the NEA Jazz Masters Award is a, a prestigious award. Uh, for the jazz, for a jazz musician in this country. And I guess, you know, a lot of people, it's, uh, very highly respected. And I guess at this time in my life, um, having something like that, uh, to be recognized, uh, for my contributions to the jazz, the art form, I mean, that, that really makes me feel really great. I'm really touched by that. And, uh, it inspires me to continue, uh, to do the best I can be, be the best I can be in my musical endeavors.
Uh, this summer, you'll be in August, um, which is around the time of your actual birthday, you'll be at the Newport Jazz Festival, and it's it's kind of a Jack DeJunette celebration. I know you're, you have three different projects. Can you talk about what you'll be doing this summer? Yeah, uh, I'll be doing a project with my group. Uh, then I will be doing a very special uh, duet project with Jason Moran and I. And, uh, you know, uh, as it turns out, uh, you know, Jason wound up playing just on one track on the Sound Travels album, but, I mean, he really played great on that. And, you know, I wound up playing piano on the tracks, rest of the tracks, because it sort of just sort of morphed into that. Um, but uh, Jason and I uh, really got to know each other really well on the uh, Don uh, Byron album called Ivy Divey. Mm. And so uh, I suggested, you know, why don't we do something just the two of us? And uh, he was really excited about that. And I think that makes for really a nice, nice thing. And then the Sound Travels band, uh, we, you know, we wanted to get Esperanza. Esperanza wanted to, but uh, I wound up doing three tracks on her forthcoming album, which features uh, Terry Lynn Carrington, another... Uh, friend of mine, uh, a great talent, who's up for a Grammy nomination for her album. Uh, so uh, I think uh, Esperanza's CD is going to be taken off. It's, it's pretty exciting recording. Uh, she's raised the bar for for uh, her work. And uh, So anyway, uh, Christian McBride has agreed to uh, do the bass chair in that band. Also, uh, George Colligan is also from my group is going to play the piano. That's great. <laughs> but, uh, I may play some piano. Cause George, by the way, uh, w- w- plays trumpet as well and drums. So uh, I might play some piano and George <laughs> may play some drums. <laughs> so that'll be another, another surprise. That's great. Uh, I want to go back to the the idea of duet playing for a minute. Uh, you mentioned the thing with Jason Moran. Uh, the last time I spoke with you, you were doing the duets with Bobby McFerrin, and I know you've done other work like that with John Sermon and other people. Right. Uh, can you talk about duet playing and what, what it allows you and what it requires of you uh, as a drummer? Well, I mean, you know, it's just a, you know kind of a freedom that, that happens. It's, a, it's intimate. You know, you the spaces in the music is different. Mm. You know, I think depending on depending on the chemistry of the people involved, it, you know, where it goes, it's, uh, you know, it, it's a surprise. You know, it's like you you know, expect the unexpected. When you uh, obviously this is months in advance, I'm sure this isn't planned out yet. But when you play with Jason, for example, do you think that you will predetermine what pieces you're playing, or will you, the two of you just walk out on stage I and see know, what happens? Let me talk about. It. I have a couple of compositions in mind mm. that I think would be great for him. There's one that I wrote and recorded in my group some years ago, special edition that I wrote for Thelonious Monk, which you know, uh, uh, Jason's very real uh, familiar with. It's called Monk's Plum, mm. which I think might be a great vehicle for us to uh, work work off of with drums and piano. That's great. Yeah. In in your current group, uh, the one that's uh, primarily playing here at the Blue Note and that tours with you a lot, can you talk about the the repertoire in that band? And well, the repertoire is you know some of my old music, old compositions, which uh, are not old anymore because the uh, the players, uh, we're uh, you know we re- re- changing that music constantly. So uh, um, and also. Uh, 
David Fusinski who's and and uh, Rudresh and George uh, have been uh, David's been involved with uh, investigating microtonal music and writing microtonal compositions so the band utilizes some of that microtonal uh, concept in their improvisations and just uh, just for the listeners we'll say if if they picture a piano for example between the black keys and the white a black key and a white key which we there, there are many other note possibilities that you can't necessarily play on a piano, but on other instruments you can, and those are microtones. Well, yeah, so that you, you can do that, and uh, um, uh, through uh, software apps, uh, George is able to, you know, retune mm. his keyboards so that you know he can play microtonally, and of course Rudress can do it. Uh, you know the, the quarter tones in your music, and and do it by you know bending notes. Mm. And so uh, I'm also writing uh, new music for the group, also. So we have some new pieces. Uh, also, there is an album up from Live at Yoshi's uh, of the group, which has four or five tunes on it, which people can download at my website. So uh, we do have some representation of. Uh, hopefully. Uh, my next project will be a live recording of the group with some new material, which will uh, be my will be available on a CD hopefully in the future. Your all of your bands over the years, uh, Directions, New Directions, Special Edition, mentioned Compost, your current band, they all have a very individual character. Are you the kind of writer who tends to write knowing who it is that's going to play the pieces that you write? Yeah, usually I write for the people that I'm. I'm writing the music for. And so, for example, in the case of uh, the current band where you've taken music that came from previous bands that you had, did it require some adaptation uh, to kind of fit in with the new music, or did you just purposely select music from the past that worked with the yeah, instrumentation no, you I had there? just picked the pieces I liked. Sure. And the band, you know, they dealt with it and interpreted it. And they, they, they jump into the music and they interpreted it. They reinterpret my music mm. the way I, I like and that's what makes it makes it fresh again. It's sure. not old music. It's the music is renewed yeah. and uh, reinvigorated, and that's that's what I expect from the musicians, and they do that. These this group of particular musicians do that for me.
I know growing up in Chicago that you were involved early on with AACM, and uh, I overheard you in another interview talk about Muhal Richard Abrams, and I wondered if maybe you could say something about him and his his influence on Well, you know, Muhal Richard is a, a self-taught musician, but, but a seeker who taught himself how to to uh, compose music, play musical instruments, play a clarinet. Uh, he didn't let finances stop him. He just went and, uh, you know, went to the library, found out information that he needed, and applied himself. And it was inspiring to say, you know, you can do, if you really, if the drive is there and uh, the desire is there, uh, excuse me, you can uh there's, there's not, nothing standing in your way. And, uh, of course, you know, Muhal uh, set up the groundwork for the AACM, which is still going on today. And, uh, you know, uh, came, moved to New York later and established himself as a you know, world-class composer and uh, improviser. And uh, who's still <laughs> going on today, you know? So, uh, um, you know, he uh, uh, left. Uh, I guess he set up a foundation for musicians like myself uh, for an alternative way of, of, of playing their music, and and also showing you how you could, you know. Uh, so we talk about entrepreneurship. I mean, how did you you create it? You know, build it, and they will come. You know, and that's what uh, uh, Muaw did. Mm. And of course, you know, a lot of us have uh, done well. You know, uh, uh, out of that, you know, uh, environment in Chicago, which was conducive to that. At this point in your life, um, just about to turn 70, being named NEA Jazz Master, if, as you look back over what's happened so far, can you remember as a young man what you thought might happen and how close the actual arc of your life is to what you imagined it might be when you were starting out as a musician? No, I had the slightest idea that I would, when I was playing, you know, drums with the records of uh, my heroes, you know, not, it never occurred to me that I would one day wind up being playing with uh, Miles Davis or Coltrane, you know, or uh, uh, Art Farmer, or, um, you know, Freddie Hubbard, you know, and McCoy Tyner, and uh, of course uh, uh, Sonny Rollins, just to name a few, you know. Stan Getz, you know, Bill Evans, uh, all these great people, you know. Uh, I guess, I guess, you know, I realized something was happening when I was, uh, you know, able to, uh, to, uh, uh, sit in with John Coltrane, uh, in Chicago and, uh, you know, I passed the test there, so I figured, uh, so. That was in the band with Rashid Ali. No, and that, was was that, before before that. Even then? Okay. that was before that. That was before uh, that. That was, you know, I I sat in with John, filling in for Elvin. Oh, no kidding. Okay. And then uh, later, I, you know, I was in New York. John called me to come to Chicago. Okay. He wanted to have another drummer in the band. Sure. 
So, uh, yeah, so, so you know, it, uh, I don't know, I just felt that, I mean, I had something special to offer, especially when I decided to make drums my main instrument. And piano really helped, helped me become a better drummer and a better listener. So I got the piano to thank for that. And it was another musician who convinced you to make drums your main Yeah, that instrument. was Eddie Harris. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so That's great. You know, Eddie was, uh, Eddie was, you know, quite a genius, and uh, uh, you know, Eddie was uh, quite successful, you know, in his career, and uh, you know, uh, he was right. <laughs> the rest is history. But my guest is Jack DeJanet. The new album is called Sound Travels. Uh, he's also being named an NEA Jazz Master here in 2012, and he'll be at Newport with three different bands this summer. It's, uh, it's been an honor and a pleasure to talk to you, and I thank you for taking the time. Okay, my pleasure. Thank you. That's music from drummer Jack DeJanet and his new album, Sound Travels. Congratulations to Jack on being named a 2012 NEA Jazz Master. And don't forget to go to Newport this summer and see Jack in person with three different groups. I'm Jason Crane. This is The Jazz Session. The show is member-supported, so if you'd like to become a member, please go to thejazzsession.com slash join. And meanwhile, get out there and support live jazz whenever and wherever you can, and come back next time for another conversation about jazz on The Jazz Session.
morning, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.